Welcome to the Inner Glow Getter podcast, the podcast for you, the woman who is pushing the boundaries, expanding your consciousness, and doesn't take no for an answer. This podcast will help you reduce the overwhelm, tune back into you, take back control of your health, embrace your most authentic self, and show up as your most confident, aligned, and powerful you. We do the inner work together through the safe space for you to come learn, grow, and gain knowledge in areas of your life such as body confidence, hormones, feminine flow, money, well-being, spirituality, fitness, and mindset, and so much more. Let's get started. everybody and welcome to this new series of the podcast. I we are going to change direction. We're going to change direction towards a new space and if you're not aware already, I posted about this on my Instagram. I popped up an IGTV explaining not explaining show it, sharing some background on why I am moving into into the space and why I'm so excited to move into this space as well. So without delaying any further, we I will be moving into a space where we're talking about um, pivoting from corporate um, or your nine to five into your own self-employed um, coaching business. And I'm so excited to share my wisdom around this, share my experience and also um, move into this area of speaking exclusively about that transition. In my own experience, it was a very challenging time and it took it took a while as well. And I think we can have a lot of self-judgment around that time when it does take time. And it's um it is probably one of those times in for in your life where it is really difficult transition. There's a lot of fears that come up. There's a lot of mindset blocks. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of guilt. And we'll um, go into that more in, um, in, in the podcast. So, so this is the direction that we're going to be heading in and there is no delay whatsoever. I am going to get this party started right away. And on the 20th, 21st and 22nd of September, I'm hosting a free event called Plan Your Pivot. And this is going to be three, a series of three masterclasses in a exclusive Facebook group. So you'll be amongst like-minded souls. And we will be talking about all the aspects that come up when you are planning a pivot from corporate to your own business and what what is, and holistically, what are all the things that come up? I know there's a lot of discussion. There's a lot of guidance in the coaching industry about things like um, the strategy and the um, the tactics around the hashtag strategy and setting up your social media and the marketing and all of that support is incredible. But I also want to acknowledge that there is so many other things that come up throughout that transition and it is a lot of um, mindset work. Well, so uh, yeah, join Plan Your Pivot. You'll be able to find a link to Plan Your Pivot in this podcast episode at the bottom in the comment section. And I am so excited to get started with it. And 
Yeah, it's going to be a really transformational container. It's going to be really powerful. You're going to be surrounded by lots of women who are doing the exact same thing. And uh, and even that is healing in itself um, from my own experience, just to be amongst like-minded souls that get what you're experiencing. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, jump right in. On the 20th, we'll get started. And I can't wait to see you there. All right. Hi, Isla. I'm, hey. I'm so excited to be interviewed by you this week. So <laughs> I'm handing to all the listeners, I'm handing over the microphone and I'm being interviewed for, for this episode and to kick off really a new series um, around this new topic that I'm focusing in on. So um, I'll, I'll hand over the mic to Isla. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so exciting to speak with you today. Um, and yeah, Kayla, you are such an inspiration. You are, yeah, queen of the pivot um, and a brilliant coach and mentor. And I'm really excited to speak with you today about, yeah, like supporting women to move from corporate into their technical life and to really step into, you know, entrepreneurship and embrace everything that comes with that and to also discuss all of the things that come with that shift with that change because yeah it can mm -hmm. be it can be messy oh, yeah. it can be it's funky, a lot but it's also it's a ride <laughs> uh, and I'm so excited to dive in with you um yeah so Me too. I'm so excited <laughs> I'd, I'd love to yeah start off with like yeah just tell me more about your experience of of this shift from corporate I know that you were in town planning um, and engineering and yeah like what was like what was behind this this motivation to really make a big shift in your life and pivot into your technical life oh gosh yeah uh, where should I begin? It was a really slow process for me, but also looking back and that's why I really want to highlight and appreciate that like people have different timelines and there's different um, and, and, you know, a pivot from corporate to your own biz, although it can be said very easily is actually, yeah, like we've described, it's like there's a lot to it. There's a lot that comes up and it is still there's a lot of societal expectation around um, what you do and how you make money and there's a lot of societal expectations and pressure and all the rest of it so yeah I just want to appreciate that, that like there's very different timelines to to people's pivots and people have their own journeys with it so I yeah I studied town planning at university I um I'm a bit like you Isla we, we get along so well <laughs> because we're like into so many different things and I'm from Australia originally but I've got lots of family here in South Africa and I actually happened to come out here to South Africa when I was uh, when I was like 17 going on 18 and mm -hmm. but it sounds like sound of music just I was 16 going <laughs> 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 and um it was it was the 
it was summertime in the Southern Hemisphere. So that was, you know, December, January. And I came out here to South Africa to see my family with my parents. And at that time, I was having to decide what I was going to study at university. And that felt like that was a huge pressure. And I know so many listeners will um, resonate with this, that that decision just feels really scary and really huge at the time. And you're often like consulting with lots and lots of different people and hearing lots of different perspectives and lots and lots of advice coming your way about um, what to do, what to do next. And um, yeah, so town planning, I I happen to have a geography teacher um, in high school who's very passionate about town planning and like half the class basically became town planners. (laughs) But um, (laughs) that, that that was one of the kind of factors to it. Uh, alongside the fact that my dad's an engineer, um, my grandpa was an architect. And so going into the built environment for it felt very natural. Mm. So sorry, I'm starting at the very beginning, but it does, it has a purpose and it provides context. And um, I happen to be here in South Africa and literally about 50 meters from where I'm sitting right now. I was sitting in a car with my dad because we didn't have any Wi-Fi and we had to drive to go get some Wi-Fi that we could log into. And I remember submitting um, what my top three preferences were for university. And I put town planning, arts and nursing. I mean, you couldn't get like (laughs) more different. And I remember being like, so lost in the decision that I was just like far out, like whatever comes up, comes up and it's meant to be. Mm. Um, But I ended up getting my first preference, which is town planning. And yeah, no regrets there. I loved that degree. It was, it was really interesting. It fed the part of my brain that is like, loves zooming out to the strategic side of things and Mm. seeing the big picture. And it also, um, I started a a real love around like, um, and community has always been a really big value of mine Yeah, and um, community and hearing people's voices. And um, yeah, that, that started a real like passion of mine. And anyway, Mm -hmm. so I went into town planning, I went into um, local government, state government. And then when I was 24, I moved to London and then went into the world of corporate. So we'll just speed up today. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Alongside this, I had been diagnosed with a chronic condition called hypothyroidism in my early 20s. Um, Mm -hmm. That was off the back of lots of weird symptoms going on in my body, lots of unexplained things. And I just had a real intuition that something wasn't quite right. And I Mm -hmm. went down the path of finding out what was going on. And it took quite a few years and it took some, yeah, some like going to lots of different medical professionals, nutritionists, dietitians, um, GPs, specialists, all sorts to find out Mm -hmm. and was so relieved when I found at what was going on in my body. And then, yeah, yeah, hypothyroidism is a, uh, basically an impairment in your thyroid, which is a gland that sits in your neck and it influences things like energy levels and metabolism, especially. So yeah, I was alongside the corporate career in town planning and communications. I was also um, indulging a love of like, I was like, I was reading every blog I could find. I, I love nothing more than going to like Whole Foods and finding out like all different um, 
special ingredients and supplements and interesting recipes and um, yeah my mom if she's listening to this she'll laugh because when I left uh, Australia when I was 24 I left a pantry full of like the weirdest shit that she had to deal with (laughs) it was like and it was like I mean it's not that weird now like everybody knows quinoa but at the time it was um what was it 2000 and 14. <laughs> it was like a quinoa yeah. was just on the scene and my dad would call it yeah. quinoa. This <laughs> is yeah. like, like, what have you left us with? Anyway. Yes. So yeah. And then being in London, I was like, I loved the wellness scene. Like it's such a huge mm. thing in London, even more so than Australia. There's like every kind of exhibition and um, meeting like groups and also, yeah, so I started to go to more and more events. And then, um, yeah, so like my pivot was very gradual. And mm. I probably, but I probably got the idea of wanting to start a business. And that really solidified in my mind in 20, 2018, 2017. Mm. I, um, yeah, started to listen to lots of like business podcasts and I would listen to them like on the tube, like kind of thinking like, oh, I hope no one hears me. Like I was so very, very, very secretive about it at the time that I wanted to start a business. Um, Yeah, it was not something that probably a lot of my friends and family would have would have expected me to go into. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Does I that answer your that. question? That's like the context yeah. and the, the starting yeah. point. And the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I loved mm-hmm. what you shared about, you know, what I really sensed from what you shared as well is like, you know, this multifaceted nature was really present from a young age with so many different interests. And um, I so resonate what you shared at the end of, you know, listening to like, um, entrepreneurial podcast and being into wellness and I don't know about you but for me it was almost like this dirty little secret <laughs> like it was like this pleasure I was like oh my gosh it's like on the one hand it was like going on the tube in your suit <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and then it's like there's this whole other world that I sense from what you were sharing that you were excited about and I'd love to hear a bit more from you about what life was like in corporate because you shared with me some of the like real like what I sense were like driving factors for you going into entrepreneurship um and at the same time I know you shared a little bit about your health um and I just I'd love to hear a bit more about yeah what were the other factors that want were really behind you wanting to leave behind uh yeah the very uh structured uh patriarchal corporate world I was in corporate for was about almost 12 years and yeah some of it was corporate and local and state government as well but I mean it was pretty much the same if I'm honest um yeah and the the driving factors were you know when I started out in in corporate like I was I was really excited about it like you know this this seemed like the dream like it was like um you know I got excited about like what outfit to choose and like um 
you know, the idea of being in a boardroom and preparing reports. And um, yeah. I really idolized it. I think a lot of people do, though. And yeah. And then that kind of just wore off. Like I was yeah. definitely not excited about choosing what outfit to wear like 10, 11 years in. I think it probably waned yeah. about two years in. I was like just yeah. putting on something. <laughs> and then, yeah, the, the um, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, you know, depending what projects are going on, depending on mm. all the things. Like, yeah, it was... It was really exhausting. And I think there's a few reasons. Like I, as a person, like I'm, and I've developed this a lot too, but I think it was always there from the beginning. Like I'm very forthright. I'm very like goal oriented and very, very driven. And I think it's, it's not something that's immediately aware when people probably first meet me, but um, when they get to know me, <laughs> this, but, um, and that, it, that didn't work well in corporate for me because uh, I really love being autonomous. I love making my own decisions. I love being empowered to make decisions. And um, depending where I was, what team I was, what project I was on, like my managers were were different. Um, and I I received like I worked with lots of managers who were quite micromanagey mm-hmm. and. Um, and that was I just like came up against that like like butting my head against it mm-hmm. and I I think it was so frustrating for me because I was like do you not do you not you know it's it's a I felt like my judgment wasn't being trusted and that I'm not being empowered mm-hmm. enough and they don't believe in my skills enough and then but really it's you know uh it's it's something different on their end it's like they just have a fear of delegating they want they're used to doing everything on their own and yeah yeah, they've gone into corporate with that attitude the less of a team player more individual and yeah like yeah want yeah want to oversee every single detail and Mm. like that just does does not work in the corporate environment like you can take that attitude so far it'll probably get you promoted so far but um, at some point, you know, you cannot like micromanage every single person underneath you because you'll just be exhausted. <laughs> um, mm. So, yeah, there was the autonomy side of things that I struggled with in corporate. The um, the kind of depending what type of organization you're in. I mean, I was I went from local to state to a very big corporate company that was over 100,000 yeah. employees. They they mm. have offices all over the world. So they they worked a lot like a big organization um, and the cogs were very slow to move. And it was the duality of like them saying that they're a very innovative and forward-thinking company. But at the same time, <laughs> like the first-hand yeah. experience of that was like clink, 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 clink. So I found that frustrating. Um, found the freedom of expression was not uh, welcomed or, mm. um, you know, like the, it was, It's that's a subtle thing because it's not, um, it's not spoken of, but there's like, um, you know, how, like how colorful your outfits are, what you wear even comes down to like what kind of profession you're in. Like, yeah. um, 
like I imagine like law versus like architects, you know, they can be a bit more edgy and that kind of thing. But there is, <laughs> they're like, they all start to, we all start to look the same. And like, yeah. Um, but yeah, in general, that like freedom of expression and like the, yeah, the kind of the corporate voice in emails, like all starts to sound the same a bit. And, yeah. and then also how that translates into, into the boardroom. And I don't think, Think, again this is not something that you're, you're you're told but it's kind of like if you start to do it it's it's shut down a little bit just like you know speaking what's on your mind speaking what your intuition is saying or speaking mm. saying something that's like a little bit clunky like it doesn't um you know you're saying it exactly how you want to say it um but it's not in the corporate speak um yeah so yeah, there's that, that expression element. Uh, oh my God, there's so many things I'm on a roll now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my God. I want to appreciate though that there, there, there's, I'll come to it at the end actually, but um, the routine aspect of things, like uh, I know this was specific to my case, but I ended up on two really huge projects in the UK, um, two big railway projects. And one I yeah. needed to be in Birmingham most of the week or three days a week. And then um, then I needed to be in so inner city London. And then and that was like and that and like fitness and having my routine and being able to work out like was really, really important to me. Um, Mm. still is but even more so at the time like I was really into like Barry's boot camp and and I yeah. really had like quite a routine of like 5 30 I go and but then I had to be you know like the the train to Birmingham was like four hours um round trip um because I was mm. living in southeast London and so yeah it really like I couldn't um you know, even though there was things like outside of work hours I had to adapt my life mm -hmm. because um you know my work time was seeping into my personal time um yeah I found that really frustrating and yeah I had burnout as well in 2018 mm. um and that was I really thought at the time that I need to work extra hours I need to um I need to be super super like both be and seem super, super, super dedicated to this because I was pursuing a, a promotion at the time. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 So, so I won't go on. Like I could go on all day, apparently. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Gayla, I mean, thank you so much for everything you shared. I mean, I resonate deeply with so much of what you shared. Um, and I loved what you shared about yeah this this feeling of just wanting to have more autonomy and i i really resonate with this and i think you know so many people you know like yourself who are driven ambitious um can really come up against this frustration where you come from uh really being encouraged to nurture your independent thoughts to then incorporate being micromanaged and it can feel just so like draining because it's like, yeah, just you're you're being put into not only a box, um, but also this element of not feeling trusted to use your own judgment on things when actually 
you you have so much uh yeah like drive and you have so many ideas that you want to share and I know this was a similar experience to me where um you really wanted to be sharing your ideas but there was what I'm sensing I mean is there was this this part of you that really wanted to to come out um and I know that you know mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. a lot of us there's almost like this there's just part of us that's always <laughs> like wanting to be like to achieve but also this part that's trying to like rebel against the system almost because it's like we can't uh, quite really express our creativity yeah. our insights because like you were saying like although it's not taught with all of the speak there's this part that there's this part that wants to come out express but there's also this part that is censoring what what you're saying yeah in order to get up the ladder in order to be taken seriously particularly as a woman in that world um, yes yeah and yeah I'd love to hear a bit more from you about like and now you talk a bit about this like inner rebel and I, I just yes. I'd love to hear more about this part <laughs> of you and like yeah the, the sort of the conflict between that and also the part of you that was still there and was you know living day to day uh week to week yes attention yeah. yeah yeah and I think something that just came to mind as you were speaking that like I describe all these aspects of corporate but and it wasn't a case of just experiencing that and giving up like I really um and I at no point did I give up it was I like I really tried to to establish myself in corporate in a way that I could actually could work both ways but yeah. um, it really, it, it came to a point where I was like, oh, no, there, there's really some entrenched things here that are, that are just, I can't see them changing anytime soon. Yeah. And um, yeah, like you said, like that, you know, at, at university, we are so encouraged that independent thought, like I can only imagine in terms of like, like law, like you are very encouraged to have that independent thinking and it was the same in in my degree in town planning and um yeah it was almost like go wild like create your own community like what what would you make it look like I think that was one of our assignments and then yeah. you, then you come to <laughs> state government and corporate and I was like shall we move the fence from there to there I was like, this is boring <laughs> yeah. um that's a really bad example but anyway um, yeah. yeah that so yeah I really like lent into like trying to find a way that it could work on on both ends and um yeah, yeah the the inner rebel yeah so uh I guess this, yeah there's kind of three aspects to it so uh it, it is also something that's um that's with I love that it's also called like the sacred rebel so if someone doesn't really like rebel like they don't for them, rebel feels like way too extreme, like sacred rebel, like that's the kind of vibe basically. But um, yeah. for me, I've always had this very, very strong entrenched belief that, um, that I create my own rules um, mm -hmm. and that, um, yeah, like, I mean, this isn't, you know, that really when we think about things, you are just like, 
we are floating around a fireball in a meat suit on a rock with all these like I'm gonna get a bit meta here but we're like we're using a currency called money which is just like this paper thing that has so much like attached um meaning to it with um, yeah. following these routines of um you know like essentially the work day the traditional work day is you know eight hours a day um eight hours of sleep and eight hours of play um you know yeah. four four hours in the morning four hours in the afternoon but at corporate I don't remember there being four hours in the morning or four hours in the afternoon <laughs> um yeah and like who determined that routine and we seem to be working like the hours seem to be getting longer and longer and longer but I mean other than Sweden where we hear of things like they're changing the work work week to four days instead of five days I think and six hour days instead of eight hour days which I think is so cool because um you know like if you if you've got to put 40 hours on your timesheet, you're probably just going to sit there at your desk and do 40 hours. And um, yeah. whereas, you know, there's people that can do things in like 30 hours instead because they're, highly, yeah. they're more efficient and more effective. And um, anyway, so that like getting a bit meta there, but like I, um, I really truly believed that I create my own rules. And I think that really came to fruition in them. Um, my late teens, early twenties, I started, especially, I think it was off the back of that experience of like what to choose for, Mm. to study at university. And I kind of, it was really around that time I flipped it on its head and I was like, if I make, if I choose the wrong one, it's okay. Like I can Mm. always change, you know, and, um, I can change at any point. And, um, that really, because I was feeling a lot of pressure around it and I just flipped it on its head and went, I can create my own rules. So that's been, um, that's been a really like strong theme in my life. And um, yeah, and it also, I think it comes from, comes from childhood as well. Um, Yeah, uh, my, it's probably from like my parents being an only child, like, um my parents were not overbearing like they were very um they gave me a lot of freedom really like they didn't there wasn't like I think they tried to ground me once but then like five minutes later they like laughed about it and (laughs) ungrounded me and then um, you know they like they really tried to set rules but I didn't have them so um so but I was I mean I was a good kid on the whole anyway um and they would agree with that if they were listening and um so I think that that kind of it started from somewhere there like um that yeah. So that, yeah. So the, the rebel. Yeah. So I, yeah, initially I think when I was experiencing those, like starting to see in corporate, like, Oh, this doesn't feel quite right. This doesn't feel like, like the initial mm-hmm. thing is to, yeah, rebel a little bit. Um, and, uh, but yeah, when I, when I, when it comes to starting a business, the reason I really love the concept of like the sacred rebel and embracing your inner rebel is because I think it's needed a little bit. Like it's still mm. very much, um, you know, the path of you go into corporate and, um, and you, you know, you stay on that path and you climb the corporate ladder and you, um, you know, that, that is kind of expected. And I think to lean into entrepreneurship, you need to, you know, we, we, 
I think there's like a common like DNA in all of us that we're a little bit like there's an innate desire, there's an innate drive. Like um, someone says no, you're like, hi, maybe. What about maybe? <laughs> like, <laughs> try me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I can't you try do that. me. I'll do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, I love. Actually, I was reading a post from Mel Wells the other day, and she was like, "If there's a one percent chance, I'm going on that." <laughs> <It's> like, <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm exactly the same. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's you've got to really embrace that you you are doing something really cool really different um and own that a bit yeah totally totally I so agree and like yeah I'd love to hear a bit more about like how that's really served you in making that shift because I know there can be I know we've talked about like the challenges and sort of making um yeah like following that intuitive nudge but as we sort of discussed earlier there's like these messy things that come up all along the sea these sort of sharks that come up (laughs) and all of that jazz and I'd I'd love to hear a bit more about like yeah like the realities um of you know going on your own path carving it and being like no I'm following I'm going against the tide here um you know, I'm not, I'm not going on the usual route and, and the kind of things that can come up and how really embracing this rebellious part of you and yeah, has served you. I guess. So I had a really interesting journey with my pivot, my pivot, because um, before, before, before COVID really hit, um, before mm. March, 2020, I, uh, so I was living in the UK and I was on a special visa there um, called a tier two visa. And this is a working Mm. visa. So I had to, I was, I was not allowed to earn money outside of my um, full-time corporate job. So that was, Mm. that was like a huge, (laughs) that was a huge challenge Mm. to starting my business, but it didn't stop me from creating foundations and creating things like, like this podcast and providing free value. And at the time I was more on the the PT side of things and doing like PT videos and how to do a squat and all that kind of stuff. And um, the, yes. So, so that was kind of the context at the time. And then COVID came along and really like changed, like personally, I'll speak to what my experience was personally, like rather than, but you can, you can acknowledge that on the pandemic side of things, like I have a huge appreciation for that. And um, yeah. And like personally, what, what took place for me was, um, you know, like overnight, and I'm sure this happened for many other people, like I was working from home and then working from home full-time and um, being someone who is extroverted and I get my energy from being around other people it was like having a life source cut off like um, I didn't love going into the office like all the time and I did my corporate um, company was actually quite flexible with that like we had already a work from home policy so you could work from home Mm. a couple days per week Um, I mean probably not more than twice, but definitely once a week. And then, um, so, so yeah, it was suddenly like, I just like a complete change in routine. Um, and 
and yeah, it was middle of winter or end of winter. And um, my partner, Giovanni, he was working at his company where he was expected to go in because they, they were working on site. But um, my role was seen as more as like a, a back end office work. And so we couldn't go into site. So anyway, um, but yeah, I just like suddenly like really lost my mojo completely. And I, um, I mean, the postman, he would have dealt with like, a really like interesting Michaela like <laughs> turn up to the front door in my track pants with like toothpaste down my face like front and I like I stopped I like it's gonna sound disgusting I stopped brushing my teeth until the afternoon sometimes because I'd just forget and then I wouldn't get dressed for the day and that was at the time you know on social media they're like you need to get dressed for the day because that's going to give you routine and I was like fuck that <laughs> so Anyway, um, basically, I started at that point, like mid last year, mid 2020, I was like, I've got to get my ass into gear, like I've got to make a change. And yeah. um, the way I saw that I would be able to do that and not no longer be restricted by that visa in particular was to move here to South Africa. So I really yeah. started to put um, plans in place and mm. started having... Um, yeah, very like, yeah, finally having conversations with my colleagues at work and exploring opportunities for how I could potentially move down to part-time role rather than full-time yeah. and, um, and yes, yeah, so that I'd be that. And it, cause I was really, um, if anyone who, and I know you might resonate with this as well, Isla, but like, and we've talked about it a lot, like when you are working full-time, there does become a point where like your hours to work on your business are just limited. Like you've got mornings, yeah. evenings, weekends, and then you do end up working seven days a week, which is just not healthy. Right. And, um, and I just, I got to a point and especially like I'm a projector in human design, um, you know, with this chronic hormone imbalance as well, I really have to watch my energy levels. And I just yeah. acknowledged that I needed to create more space in my week and I needed to reduce down um, the full-time work and the full-time corporate career and really make space for this business. Cause at that point I was like, I'm all in like, this yeah. is despite, and like when we talk about like the sharks coming up and like the, <laughs> well, the fish as well and the starfish and the jellyfish and <laughs> like, I, you know, this was, um, you know, there, there was, there were people in my life who were like, I'm quite sure what you're doing. And there was some people that I was like, um, you know, they follow me on Instagram, but we'd see each other in real life and they would never ask me about my business. And like, that was kind of, mm. it was like kind of a bit like, you know, annoying. Cause it was like, I'm taking this seriously, but you don't seem to be taking this seriously. And I know now mm. what's taking place there because it is like the mirroring effect, like how you describe your business. If you describe it as a side hustle, they will reflect that back to you and be like, how's your little business going? <laughs> yeah. and on the inside you're like, fuck you, it's not little. Yeah. I spend oh every waking hour gosh. on it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I totally feel you. I'm, but yeah not to make it about my experience but I, I I deeply deeply resonate and I'm sure you know people that have been in that position will do as well where you know you're you're coming up against first of all explaining um or advocating for 
you know, reduced hours at work and the kind of conversations that can come up there. I'd love to dive into that bit with yes. you as well and how you navigated that. And you've also got the people <laughs> around you that have known you to be this person that is in this career. Maybe they've known you this way for all this time. And it's kind of like they're not quite understanding what you're doing because it's still quite a new concept, you know, um, going and creating your own thing. I think particularly as, as women as well. Yes. Um, that there can be like yeah this um this expectation that um we will go into an organization and um I've certainly had those questions around so are you still doing your your little business and I'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's totally it. you know it's still. totally bonkers and because I had a huge realization of this the other day it happens at every level like um, you know, I speak of like Melanie when, when <laughs> obviously when we're not recording, like, um, yeah. yeah, alpha femme and like, um, Melanie was saying the other day on a live that her and her partner, um, Kevin went to be interviewed by a bank manager the other day to get, um, to get a loan for a property or something like that. And, yeah. you know, Melanie's at the point where she's growing a team. I think she's got like five, eight people in her team actually. And like, they're yeah. they're um they're making something like you know they had a million dollar day in like a million dollars um us dollars and 10 million dollar months and all this kind of thing and the bank manager yeah. said to her um what do you do and she's like i'm i'm in the coaching industry and she says it very proudly you know she's like she was very inspired mm -hmm. by tony robbins to come into the coaching industry and um the bank manager was like I don't know, like I've heard like dodgy things about that. No, like I don't know much about the coaching industry. And like she was like, unsurprisingly, they did not go with that bank. They went with another one. But like yeah. that, that kind of thing is bonkers. Like you can be earning $10 million a month and you'll still get um, comments like that, you know. Totally, mm. totally. And coming up against everyone else's projections, you know, against like, you know, in in the in an, I was gonna say the nicest way possible. <laughs> I normally hate it. People say that first. Give me are gonna say something really disrespectful. But with utmost respect, <laughs> you think about it. Like you're coming up against someone who's an employee in an organization like a bank, and they're projecting their judgments as to what is the right way to do something, yeah. or what is the known path, or what is uh, respectable onto that person, right? And yeah like there can be this element of someone projecting their stuff and also the mirroring thing you talked about earlier. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited that you continue to listen and we grow this inner glow getter community. The best place to follow along and make sure you never miss an episode is to be following me on Instagram at Kayla.Benson. I can't wait to connect with you all very, very, very soon in the next episode of The Inner Glow Getter. Lots of love. <laughs>